Hello and welcome to my show, Curious on Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Guevara Wingler, artist and creative life coach, alcohol-free coach, and the creator of color, language of the soul, virtual watercolor workshops, where we delve deep into emotional and creative expression. I said yes right in midlife to something bigger. I believe we're meant to feel good and be the highest version of ourselves. On this podcast, we discuss creative transformation at any age and at any stage. There's curiosity around social norms for women and around aging, romance, alcohol, cultural expectations, and ancient wisdom. Curious? Stick around. I'm so honored to have Carolina here as my guest today, and not only because of how you have inspired me to do and be more once I made alcohol small in my life, but also because of the energy that drew me to you before I really even knew you. And um, I just can't wait to share you with my audience and to talk about all the amazing work you're doing throughout the world and why and how you came to this point in your journey. So thank you so, so much for giving me your time today. Becca, it's such an honor to talk to you today, and thank you so much for the warm welcome. It truly gives me butterflies to think about how we connected and all the impact and work we've been able to do since then, and I can't wait to speak to your audience. Awesome. So you know how you talk about being an empowered expert for alcohol-free women, and I love that because when we do finally change habits that no longer serve us, and alcohol for me was you know, the huge one, but I know there's other things um, that, you know, many of us deal with. And I love talking primarily to women of all ages, of course, I'm in midlife and, you know, she's a baby as far as I'm concerned, but uh, like an old soul and who inspires uh, women at every age and has helped me to inspire uh, transformation at every age and at every stage. So talk a little bit about this alcohol-free empowerment um, expert and what that means. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that alcohol has come such a long way in how we speak about it in the last few years. Thank God, right? Because for so long, the idea of ditching alcohol, not drinking, quitting alcohol was, I think, seen as a, a failed thing, as a weakness, as something that demarked that you either drink too much or you have some kind of boring complex or something like that. And, and it's been something we kind of have shoved under a rug, I think, as a society. And I think what's happening in the last few years is that more and more people are awakening to a new level of consciousness and a new level of awareness that this beverage is incompatible with the type of spiritual and healthy and empowered lives we really want to live. And if we're truly being honest with ourselves, nobody wakes up after a night of drinking feeling like a million bucks, right? If we're really being intuitive, if we're really listening to the signs, it truly is incompatible with an empowered life. And I think by framing alcohol-free as an empowering choice, we're able to not only recognize that, you know, this may be no longer serving me anymore, but to actually even get the tap on the shoulder that it's, you know, time to reevaluate our relationship with alcohol is actually a blessing in the sense that you have been chosen 
out of all the people in the universe to have this incredible consciousness upgrade. And then it's not just happening for you in order to remove that alcohol from your life, which already provides so many benefits and so much in the sense of the new energy and the new enthusiasm, better sleep, all those kinds of things you could talk about forever. But I think it also positions you to grow into the version of yourself you're meant to be, who therefore steps into a new chapter in your life where you can deepen your sense of purpose and what you came here on this planet to do. And so for me, you know, obviously I can speak about the alcohol-free lifestyle forever, but it's, it's for a greater reason. It's because of what it unlocks for you and how much you can live an empowered life without it and really kind of open door number two to all the dreams that you might have let go a long time ago just because of adulthood or crushed dreams or whatnot. And so that empowerment for me is both in the sense of like how we can navigate changing a relationship with alcohol as like this is actually makes you one of the most intuitive, bravest, wisest women on the planet to even be thinking about this because other people are just shoving it under a rug. But also to that next chapter that unfolds when we have this massive change in our lives. Like, what is next? What is coming for you? Why have you been chosen to remove this from your life so that you can expand into the next level? I think it's really, really exciting. And I think by framing it like that, we get to see that, you know, that yoga saying of like, we, we, we're able to let go of things that no longer serve us in order to make room for the things that truly do serve us and truly stepping into who we're meant to be on this planet. And so that's how I uh, conceptualize that. And that's like embodied in my work, both with helping women ditch alcohol. I also help women find their deeper purpose. And then I help them once they're in that purpose to live it out, whether it's through their business that they're growing or through coaching or through writing books and whatnot, really helping women take the bigger stage and help other people as well. That's so beautiful. And I, I love this concept. And I know that for many women, especially women, maybe after 50, you know, and I'll speak just a little bit about myself, you tend to think that, you know, whatever you were going to do, that time is over now. If you didn't do it in the first, you know, half, let's say, you know, it's kind of too late for you now. And what I love about your, your work, but it's really energy. It's your energy. It's not just your work. It's everything, you know, it, I feel it. And it just is so um, inspiring to think that, that's not the true story that it's over, you know? And alcohol is one of those uh, substances that just lowers, you know, the vibe, right? Like you want to do things, you want to, if, if, like myself, you know, people that follow me know that I'm a creator. I love to paint. I love to create. And um, alcohol just gets in the way of so many things. It's scary. It can be scary if alcohol has been a big part of our life to think about living without it because it's kind of been, you know, the thing that we think we need it for everything. And so how do we get women to even move a little inch towards it's not over, you know? And what do you mean? What do we mean when we talk about what you're really here for? You know, it's like I'm I'm with you 100%. I believe we are all here with a purpose and we all have a special gift and we all do it in a different way. So how can a woman maybe even just start to consider, like what, what can you tell her about empowerment um, once booze has been put to the side? 
Yeah. Well, I love to study human psychology. I love to study how our beliefs shape our lives. I love to study just what's been possible and recorded out there as well of different experiments and studies and such. And, you know, coming to the conclusion of how much our beliefs govern our lives. If you think it's over, if you think, you know, the I've hit a certain age and there's no room left for me to grow or to contribute or anything like that, your reality will match that exact belief, right? And it's so uncanny that a thought can really manifest itself so viscerally in our real life and our real world. And I think that we did all come here for a reason and we can't, we can't be born knowing that reason, right? If we were born knowing that, we would live a completely different experience. We would miss the point of the growth that we're supposed to have in life. So we all forget, right? We all don't really know what the reason is until we kind of awaken and have some kind of a spiritual or intuitive journey to get to that point. And I've seen so many people who get there because of ditching alcohol. Again, that's why I'm so adamant about speaking about the alcohol-free lifestyle is not just because, you know, hey, remove this one beverage and you know, you'll be healthier. And yes, that's great, but it's deeper than that, right? It's that deeper, I think, awakening to that deeper purpose you're meant to have. And I've seen it happen time and time again that I'm just, I can't not believe this in essence. And I think that, you know, when we discover that deeper purpose, I think it's uh, along the lines of growing and giving. And every one of us is going to have very unique ways that we do that, like you said, but it's going to include growing both yourself, whether that's through healing, whether that's through, you know, changing those self-beliefs, whether that's learning a new skill or a new craft or expanding on your creative expression, and then through giving back. And so whatever you do grow in, you know, that is now something that you can give back and help someone else through or to help, you know, offer the world and feed the world in different beautiful ways. And I think that when we have a belief like, it's too late, I'm too old, it's so uncanny that we can have that And then at the same time, when we were just a few decades younger, it was the total opposite belief, right? I'm too young to like actually do anything important. No one's going to listen to me, like all this kind of stuff. And it just flips the switch. It's this like perfect excuse to not actually have to live out our purpose, right? To, Mm -hmm. to, to say that it's too late, this one life, I'm going to take it for granted. And what makes me so sad is that the top regret of the dying that they've studied time and time again is people who say they didn't go after their dreams, that they did what society wanted them to do, or they played a role in life, and it just wasn't what they wanted completely, and that was their biggest regret in life. And I'm so inspired when I hear stories like Grandma Moses, who is a painter who started painting in her 80s <laughs> and not only made a huge name for herself in the art world, but is like a world-renowned painter, right? I'm inspired by women in their 70s who are running their very first marathon and then running marathons time and time again, year after year. There's so many stories out there of women in much later years, I think, than even anyone listening right now who are achieving some of their wildest dreams. And what if we can think of it like this, especially if we're thinking about age, what if there's less pressure now? What if there's less pressure to have to make this huge career out of this? And, you know, you already did the maybe more safe route or the more practical route. Now you have the freedom to literally do anything. How exciting is that? How enticing and how rife with possibility is that now to be like, I've done this. I've raised the kids. I've done all that. It is time for me to explore my desires, right? And I think that there's even less pressure at a later age than at an earlier age, because at an earlier age, you might still have some of that financial and or um, caregiving responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Yes. So maybe the the opposite is true. Right, right. (laughs) Your time is much more limited too. When I think back of motherhood and yeah, balancing that, that's very true. 
Um, and it's really inspirational because, you know, all you women out there, 50, 60, 70, um, and beyond, this is so true. This is, this can be like your time. Maybe you've never even thought about it that way. And I love this whole, you know, talk around like mindset too, that the thoughts, the thoughts that we think about, um, are what we're going to, you know, manifest or bring to our, our reality. So maybe we should talk a little bit about that, like the power about our thoughts and thinking and that we have power in being able to choose how we're going to think. Yeah. And it's such an intriguing field for me because the more and more I study and learn about it, like I've obviously, I've been a coach for uh, six years now. So this is the bedrock of coaching is really helping our clients change their beliefs and that for to help them change their reality and habits and patterns and behaviors and such forth. But I keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper into this, this philosophy or way of, you know, learning about how the brain works that I just, it's so convincing. It's so powerful. Our subconscious is so powerful. We as, you know, society and like neuroscience don't even understand the depths of the brain yet, right? But what we do know is that our subconscious governs around 95% of all of our brain activity and only 5% is processed by the conscious mind. So only 5% is the stuff that you actually think about, the things you actually perceive and notice, the things that you can, you know, verbalize and things like that. 95% is happening in that subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind is basically programmed up until the age of seven, where we don't have any form of critical faculty or logical decision-making to be able to say, oh no, that's not true. That doesn't mean that for me, that I'm not going to buy into that. Like we just absorb everything. That's why children believe in Santa Claus and the Easter bunny. They just say, yes, okay, you told me that I believe it's true. And so when our caregivers, whether it's our parents or anyone else that helped raise us, our teachers, our siblings, anyone really who has any influence of us, when they don't have the best positive mindset, when they have scarcity mindset, when they have trauma and they have any limiting beliefs, we immediately absorb those as well and believe that for our lives as well. So, you know, when we have parents that might have shown us that, you know, money's hard to come by and you have to have a very safe job and, you know, needs to have a paycheck. You might have learned to ignore any of your desires or your creative expression to say, well, I need to go into accounting. That's the smart, safe thing to do. And I'm going to you know, put this on the side. That's not what I'm meant to do here. And so that's an example of how that subconscious mind can program our beliefs. It also really programs ideas around anything to do with like, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not lovable. Are these messages we might've felt as children, even though they might've not been explicit, maybe no one even told you, you're not good enough. You're not lovable though. Obviously that's possible, but just feeling abandoned when you're crying for too long and, you know, mom's not available to pick you up at that time. The baby gets that feeling. I must not be good enough. And obviously this is normal, right? We can't have Mm -hmm. a childhood and escape these things. That's, that's not to blame anyone or to say you need to have a perfect childhood. But it's more so to understand that our programming, how our subconscious mind views of what is possible or impossible for us is really kind of not in our control yet, right? Until we get the awareness to be able to change it. So all of that stuff is programmed in the sense of even our alcohol beliefs. So little less alcohol beliefs may be coming in before the age of seven, although there are still a lot. We still do observe people drinking and get these messages about what alcohol means. But up until the brain is fully formed at around 28, 26, 27 for women, about 30 for men, we are absorbing all of these messages about alcohol, how we need it to be glamorous, to fit in, to socialize, on and on and on and on Mm -hmm. and on, right? 
And that's why when we change a relationship with alcohol, it's more so about changing the mindset than necessarily the behavior. Although obviously the behavior would change as well in, in accordance. But looking at, you know, the mindset of how, what you believe, I think the thermometer is, is what do you believe is possible for your life? And that is not a reality that is governed in any law of physics or any like truth of the matter, like the gravity of the planet, where if you believe that you can't do something, that there's no law out there in the universe that says, yes, you, this person just can't do that thing, right? That is a belief that has been absorbed in your life and reinforced over and over. And it's just as possible to reverse that belief and believe the complete opposite and then actually prove to reality that you can do that thing. They've studied and proven that people who visualize, for example, like athletes who visualize swimming faster or running faster without any training and compare them to another group who does really intense training and actually practices the swimming faster or the throwing farther or whatever it is, that the group that visualized only and didn't have that any extra training outperformed the group who got wow. more training. Our mind is so powerful. And there's that quote by Henry Ford that whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And so this is just a nice conversation, I think, to recognize we may not have had the ability to choose what we believe as we were young and growing up, but now as adults listening and healing and growing our personal development, now all of us have the power to change it, right? To change any of these beliefs. And so when you look at your life and you ask yourself, what do I believe is possible for me? And you don't like that answer, or you have a lot of limitations, that is a good sign that there's a lot of mindset change that can happen. And I think working with a coach or even a therapist would be a really, really great idea to be able to affect that change and really see that anything is possible for you. And it's a hard thing to come by, right? Do I yes. really believe anything is possible for me? I mean, you can see how hard it is to swallow that 100%. And yet, if one human has done it, isn't that proof for the rest of us that a human can do that? And we are all the same blood and bones and, and whatnot. And so I think it's just a really entertaining not only for our own growth, but also just for the world of how we can raise our consciousness of this mindset work. I think when, you know, Gandhi says the change happens within you first, and that's mm. how you change the world. It's literally healing these mindsets and these beliefs, these limiting stories, these limiting thoughts that have been passed down for years and years and years through centuries and really being the generation that changes them wherever we find ourselves on that timeline. It's really beautiful work. And I hope I give some food for thought for your audience and just a, a good intro to mindset work. And we can apply this in all different ways. We can apply this to money, relationships, career, aging, success, you know, how lovable we think we are, our own personal self-worth, alcohol, like every category in the world that we want to maybe change or have a goal around. We can do this mindset work around. Yeah, that's such good news. And it's such a gift. And I know for um, some people listening, it's it's still that voice that says, well, maybe that's for some people, but not for me, right? But what I love is that, no, what we're saying is, no, yes, it is for you. We all have a mind. We all have a brain. We all can choose to start learning how to think differently. Um, yeah, and. And so the work you do now has just expanded uh, beyond, obviously, being an alcohol-free coach. You are like hitting like many different levels of personal development. Talk a little bit about all that stuff. And, and I also want to touch on your best-selling book too, but I, I, I'm just excited because I see you're, 
you know, you've got this um, program now where people can actually become, you know, empowered and certified um, coaches and just all that stuff. So we'll we'll take each piece because I want to touch it and talk a little bit about each one of these just really fun and um, this beautiful work. Yeah. Well, thank you, Rebecca. That means a lot to me. You know, when I, a lot of it's based on my own journey of what I've gone through the different phases. Like, you know, first, obviously starting with changing my relationship with alcohol was really my big introduction to personal development. I had some self-help books here and there, but like that was really that like awakening for me. But then recognizing that there's so much growth that happens after that, right? And that there's so many phases that come with that. And so for me, and this is also something I noticed with my clients as well, is that, you know, first I ditched alcohol, but then that deeper intuition was really calling to me of what I was meant to do in life. And it wasn't working my previous job, right? And so I had to take a lot of leaps of faith and a lot of risk to launch my own business and write my book and really step into this entrepreneur, coach, and author that I was meant to be. You know, so finding that deeper purpose, I think, is a really great opportunity, you know, once alcohol has been cleared and healed from your life. And maybe we don't have to use such a big word like purpose. It can seem a little intimidating, but just asking the question, well, what's this next chapter now unfolding for me? Now that I've made this change, what's next for me, right? I think that's a right, much more approachable way to talk about it. And then, you know, for me, I found that coaching and helping other people change their relationships with alcohol was so important that I really wanted to help and give back in that way. And so becoming a coach is something that I have devoted a lot of time to. I'm certified in multiple certifications and modalities, and I'm obsessed. I'll probably be doing it for life and learning more and more about human change and human psychology. I think it's so fascinating. And so I know so many other women who go through this change and wanted to do the same, right? So in 2023, we launched the Empower Day of Coach Certification Program, where you get certified in five different modalities, five certifications you walk away with as alcohol-free coach, mindset coach, success coach, NLP practitioner, and hypnotherapist, which we just added this year, speaking directly to that subconscious mind. And, you know, part of my passion too is not only helping people become coaches, but, you know, I know that I'm not going to reach all people on this planet. I know that a lot of people won't relate to my story. And so we need more of us, right? We need more coaches out there. And so not only helping people become coaches, but how do they actually, you know, grow businesses, find clients, affect change in the world. So business coaching is something I also do. That's how Rebecca and I work together and, you know, helping other coaches, you know, grow through not only all the phases of business, but, you know, also finding that impact that they can make with other people while they're also, you know, having boundaries and keeping their own life, uh, not only sane, but also flourishing and fulfilling. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really meaningful for me as well, because I've learned so much over the six years of building my coaching business. Now that if I only help people just ditch alcohol, I feel like I would be gatekeeping really relevant and important lessons and information I've learned about growing my coaching business. So really my, my company is for anyone who it wants to reevaluate alcohol in their lives, but we're going to walk with you through many steps of the journey, right. Until that like all utter empowerment because I really do um, believe in that growth that happens. You're not just one and done. There's that new level that always happens. We also host retreats around the world, which is so fulfilling to be able to meet in person and really go deeper into that purpose in that next chapter in beautiful locations all around the world, like Bali. Our next one is in Costa Rica. I do believe, I think we have, I think, one or two spots left for that by the time of this airing. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. okay. When is the one? April in okay. Costa Rica. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
And so that's my uh, that's my work in a nutshell. And I'll be continually expanding it every year. I'm being called to grow in a new way, and that's the, you know something that I show up in either my offer or something that I I do with clients in a way. Um, but it's been really meaningful for me because helping someone not only raise their own belief in themselves, but really believing that the thing that they've wanted for a long time, even if they secretly want it, is truly possible for them, is mm-hmm. the most fulfilling thing in the world. I've helped, you know, people, aspiring writers write their first books, get book deals. I've helped women launch businesses, you know, serve multiple hundreds of clients. Like it's just such fulfilling work for me. I could do it forever. And I'm so blessed to be not only in this industry, but uh, working as a coach. Yes. And we are so blessed to have you in this space. That's what I have to say about that. Um, Tell us about the book. Um, I know that probably feels, you know, it's probably been a while now, but it's so amazing. Can you talk a little bit about your book and what inspired you to do that and how old you were? (laughs) I'm 36 now. Uh, I think the book came out when I was 34, if I'm doing the math right, but uh, it's called Euphoric Ditch Alcohol, Gain a Happier, More Confident You. Um, Not only does it share more of my story, it's really a tome about like the a thousand reasons why going alcohol-free will benefit your life. I break it down into body, mind, and soul and go really deep into every benefit that you'll experience in an alcohol-free lifestyle. And then I walk the readers with a guide, with an eight-week guide of you know taking that break from alcohol and really changing their subconscious desires for alcohol, healing the reasons why they drank, and starting to tap into that bigger question of what's next, what's this leading you towards, right? Um, it was so fulfilling to write the book. I had wanted to be a writer ever since I was a little girl, Rebecca. So I remember writing little short stories and poems and plays and novel ideas ever since I was like six or seven or eight years old. And I wrote quite a lot when I was younger, you know, mm-hmm. quite a bit. I was I was a pretty healthy writer and very ironically, when I started drinking around the time I like, you know, really picked it up in college and stuff, my writing just dried up. Like my form of creativity and creative expression just went poof out the door. And the thing is, is that desire to become a writer and an author never went away. So every year I would have such mental anguish at the fact that I wasn't writing. And I would make a New Year's resolution almost every year. Like this is the year I write a novel. I'm going to set aside an hour to work every week on this. And I would do it like the first week in January and then never again. Because I was drinking then, and not only do I feel like that really blocked my creativity, it also blocked any sense of discipline. I mean, it was so much easier to open a bottle of wine than write the next great American novel. And I think when it comes to writing as well, like we have to be very honest when we're thinking about like character development, if you're writing fiction or any kind of nonfiction as well. Like being able to access the deepest parts of your emotions is very mm-hmm. necessary for a writer. And I wasn't willing to go there. I was stunting and blocking all of my emotions with alcohol. Sure. So I can see metaphorically why it was so hard for me to write back then. And the year I ditched alcohol, I started journaling voraciously. So it kind of starts coming back. And then I get this incredible epiphany when I'm at the beach um, in Hawaii. Uh, one of my first vacations without alcohol free, I see this gorgeous sunset. It's like the universe just tells me, euphoric, you're meant to write a book about this. You're meant to write a book about how amazing it is to go alcohol-free. And I really honored that desire. And it took a, quite a bit of time to write the book. So I, I kind of had a first draft ready within a year or so, but I mm-hmm. wanted to be traditionally published. So I had to work on a, a business, uh, a book proposal. 
I had to get an agent, a publisher. We did get an incredible book deal from HarperCollins. So it was just a dream come true. And then even the time to like put the book together and market it, you know, it actually was a four-year process all in all. And when the book came out in 2022 of January, it was honestly one of the crowning achievements and accomplishments of my life. I remember back when I was drinking, it was Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and I was at a, you know, Polish Christmas Day kind of party. And I was speaking to my sister-in-law, and I don't usually open up to her too much, but I remember saying to her, if I could just write one book in this lifetime, I will die happy. And there was such desperation in my voice because when I was a little girl, I thought I'd write multiple books. I thought this would be what I would do for life. And I was so desperate. I was just like, please, if I could just write one book, I would die happy. And the way I said it was not hopeful. The way I said it was like, this is never going to happen for me. And, you know, for that book to come out, not only for my personal fulfillment has been such a wild ride. You know, I've been on multiple TV shows because of it. It's helped me meet so many readers all around the world. You know, I was on a TV show in Australia and I still have people who saw me on that show and then came along in my programs and are now getting certified as coaches as well. So it's just uncanny how the universe works sometimes and connects us with different people around the world. But I think something that really connects us, Rebecca, is that we keep listening to this intuitive nudge that we have that, you know, whether it's a person or a next step or a next project, I think that's the most beautiful thing we can tap into. And I think that the the greatest pain and sorrow is that alcohol blocks that intuition. And it's so incredible to just see if we were to unblock that, where is that intuition going to take me? It's so much smarter than me, right? Like you can almost call the intuition that higher self or even your connection with something divine. It is so incredible to see where it takes you. And I feel that that intuition, even though our inner critic and those limiting beliefs and that mindset can be so negative, Mm. our intuition is never negative, right? It knows, it believes in us. It's so empowered. Sometimes it might sway us from bad situations to say, no, that's not meant for you. But I think it's always very empowering of a voice. And that's when you know you're really tapping into something deeper inside of you when it believes in you. Your intuition knows you are far more capable than you could ever dream, right? And I think that 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 practice of learning to listen to that intuition and honor it, it's a lifelong practice, but I'm so grateful for it. And I love the work you do too, because I know that you really help women connect with their intuitive and creative spirits. Thank you. Yes, and it is so important and it is so powerful. And it I know it can sound, you know, some people may not be able to relate to what we're saying, but it truly is something you feel, you know, like if somebody says, well, how do you know it's your intuition? Um, I think if you sit with it, you just, you do. There's just this deeper knowing, isn't there? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really And I think beautiful. it's harder to trust that sometimes, but, you know, yes. that's like what we're, we're meant to do. We're meant to learn to trust. That's that right. <laughs> and, and, and then being able to talk about these things like this, you know, is another way to move that energy around. Um, yeah, it's really, really special and so awesome. Oh, so exciting. Um, is there anything else you would like to leave as maybe food for thought, or if somebody's questioning their relationship, maybe with alcohol, or maybe they're done with that part of it. And now they're thinking what's next, a little gem that we can leave the audience with. Yeah. Well, I don't believe that you're here on accident. I don't believe that you're listening to this on accident. 
And I do believe that the way we get into exploring an alcohol-free lifestyle has literally been orchestrated by something divine, by something bigger than us or our intuitions, right? That know better, that know that this is the road that's going to unlock so much for us. And looking back six years ago, when I first went on my alcohol-free journey, I would have never been able to fathom that I would have ended up here. It, it was impossible to even dream about back then. I mean, I didn't really share my before story, but I used to work in a cubicle. I was unfulfilled. I couldn't wait for the weekend. I didn't usually drink too much during the week, but the weekend was where I went balls to the walls because I just couldn't wait for TGIF. Like I didn't have a sense of purpose, a sense of fulfillment. It was, it was just this band-aid. I was bored with my life, really, truly. Mm. I felt a sense of directionless, listlessness, just didn't really believe in myself. I graduated college right during the uh, 2008 recession and had a you know hard time finding a job. And along with growing up really shy and introverted and also very foreign, I just had so many limiting beliefs about myself. I thought I was worthless. I thought I was incapable. I never thought I could launch a business or write and publish a book. I, I never believed in this kind of stuff, right? And it was only when I ditched alcohol that I truly grew into the version of myself that is so much more confident, grew into the version of myself that had higher self-esteem, and grew into the version of myself who honored my desires and my dreams. Why Ooh. not me? to write a book. Why not me to launch this business, right? And I think it was even the confidence of just putting those alcohol-free days together. I remember the first time I went the three weeks without drinking, I was like, well, who is this? Who is this superwoman, <laughs> right? I don't know her. She's never existed before. And it was a sense of possibility. If I could do this, what else could I do? And so I just behoove you, the beautiful, incredible women listening today that this is not happening to you by chance or by accident. I truly believe it has a deeper purpose. You're here for a deeper purpose. And it is your quest to really introspect and go deep into that and find your own unique expression of that purpose. I think we all have a unique gift like you shared earlier. And for someone, it could look like this. For someone else, it could look like that. It's not one size fits all, mm -hmm. but to express our deeper purpose is what we came here to do. And I know for the most part, it's going to align with some form of growing and some form of giving, because that's really what makes life meaningful on this planet. So mm -hmm. I think it's, it's these big things that are sometimes hard to think about, but at the same time, it connects the dots of why we've gone through all the experiences we've gone through, why we've had the hardships we've had, you know, it really truly does. And to be able to find the sense and the meaning of that next chapter, I think really elevates our sense of fulfillment in this lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And where can people find you, Carolina? Yeah, well, uh, lots of places. I'll say I also have a podcast. It's called Euphoric, the podcast. So please do check it out. I'd love for you to read the book. You know, I share my story there. I share all about the incredible life-changing benefits of ditching alcohol and that guide. Uh, that's called Euphoric alcohol gain a happier more confident you you can just type in euphoric in amazon you'll find it right away or you can go to www.euphoricbook.com and especially if you're around the world you'll find it in different retailers um you can also check me out euphoricaf.com is my website that's where we host all of our programs so if you're interested in becoming a coach or attending a retreat or doing any of my programs please do check that out and then last but not least i'm on instagram pretty actively at euphoric.af and feel free to shoot me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear more about your story and what's coming up for you. Um, I'm truly honored and blessed to hear from any one of you. Oh, thank you so much. And just thank you. I know you're such a busy lady. And I am, like I said, just honored that you took the time to talk to us today. Thank you, Carolina, so much. Of course.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're inspired with what you've heard, please let me know by leaving a review. And if you're not already following me on Instagram, be sure to follow me for tips and creative expression and support. You can follow me at Rebecca Givada Wingler or at Curious on Life. And if you'd like to learn more about intuitive watercolor workshops, go to my website, www.rebeccagivadawingler.com.